the scripture this morning is John 17, 20 to 26. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. What a privilege, again, to be in this place with all of you. Let's start with a word of prayer. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we gather here today, we are grateful for the opportunity to come to your word. We humbly seek your guidance and illumination as we explore the profound prayer of Jesus. May your spirit, spirit open our hearts to understand the riches of your love and unity. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last year I attend, uh, attended a pastor's conference. And just before the first session, the speaker, a well-known pastor, approached me. Uh, and said, you are Marvin. I said, yes. And he continued, I have been praying for you. I say, thank you, right? Initially, I thought he might be praying for every pastor at the conference, right? But then he surprised me by saying, I know you and have been praying for you and first come. So then it's like, I, this is something not uh, usual, right? I was taken aback and I asked how he knew my name and the church I serve. And he explained that he had a family in his church in Toronto who spoke about me and first come here in Halifax. He assured me that whenever they prayed together, they prayed for us. Although I didn't ask him what specifically they pray for, I felt comforted, I felt encouraged, and, uh, you know, someone from far away praying for you and thinking about you, that is something very special. Now, if you think it's amazing when someone prays for you, 
Imagine what is to have Jesus himself interceding and praying to the Father for us. Not just a, a pastor, not just a, a, a mature Christian who prays a lot, but Jesus praying for you. And that's what we will see in this passage. There are three parts of this prayer that we will pay attention to. The first part is that Jesus pray for our unity in him. And you see, in verses 20 to 21, Jesus expressed his desire for us to be unified. And the foundation of our unity is the belief in Jesus and his message left for us through the word of his messengers. John 17, 20, if you open your Bibles and read it with me, John 17, 20 states... The following, I do not ask for this only, but for those who will believe in me through their word. So what is that word? So what is the message that has been passed to all of us? And that message is summarized in John 17, in the second part of verse 3. And it says that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom, have, whom you have sent. And then in verse 9, the second part of the same chapter, 17, says this is the message, to believe that you have sent me. And in verse 21, again, comes the message that has been passed to all of us. In verse 21 says, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This is the message, my dear brothers and sisters. We cannot water down the message that has been passed down to us. The apostles, including Paul, were inspired by the Holy Spirit who witnessed the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. Our unity is based on the four Gospels and in the writings of the whole New Testament and in the writings of the whole Scriptures. That is the message that has been passed to all of us. This message is clear from Genesis to Revelation that Jesus, being God, came from heaven and he lived a perfect life and he sacrificed that perfect life to forgive our transgressions and to make us one with him, one with God, and one with each other. That is the message of the gospel. That is the foundation of our unity. Jesus came back from, from the dead and now he reigns forever at the right hand of God the Father. That is the message that unified us. Without that message, there is no true unity. 
message is clear. Unity among, among believers is not something we can achieve on our own. It's not a group of people who get together because they like each other and have the same hobbies. Even some of us have the same hobbies, but that is not what unified us. It's a supernatural unity, a result of our union with Jesus in his death and in his resurrection. In this union, we become part of God's family. That is why we are united in him. As we fix our eyes, as we fixed our faith in Jesus and in his message, we find ourselves pulled closer to one another. And this unity was very important to Jesus. He emphasized this by mentioning in the passage that we have for this morning three times. Three times he prayed for unity. If you go and see first uh, part of verse 21, chapter 17, he says that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. Unity in Jesus. Then if you go in the second part of verse 22, it says that they may be one even as we are one. And then in the, in the first part of verse 23, I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one. So you see why unity is only in Jesus and in his message, and nothing else. Jesus prayed that we would be united in the same way he and the Father are united. Unity can be visualized as a triangle with God at the top and all of us at the bottom, as we get closer to God through Jesus, we get closer to each other. You see, our unity is only obtained when we get closer to God through Jesus Christ. There is when we find the unity. As far as we are from God in Jesus... We are far of each other. However, this unity doesn't imply that we all have to be the same. God is three persons in one. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they are three distinct persons. Yet, they are one. There is unity. But each member of the Trinity is unique. 
And similarly, Jesus didn't want us to be like clones of each other. He loves our uniqueness. That's what 1 Corinthians was saying. Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians, each of you have different gifts. Some of you are hands, some of you are feet, some of you are nose or eyes. Different, but we are united in the same body. Consider this group of Christians from different centuries. Saint Augustine, John Calvin, Martin Luther, John Wesley, Spurgeon, and Billy Graham. Imagine putting all these big Christians together. They all were different. Not clones, dressing the same or eating, eating the same. They didn't even have the same opinion on church governance. However, one thing unites them. We, they were all focused on Jesus. All of them, they were focused on Jesus and faithful to the message that they received from the apostles and from these scriptures. We are like various instruments in an orchestra, each playing a distinct role yet together creating beautiful harmonies when directed by the same conductor. It's our shared faith in Jesus, our commitment to his teachings, and our love for one each other that bind us in this supernatural unity. So first, Jesus prayed for our unity in him. But second, Jesus prayed for our future unity with him. When we pray, we often ask God for help with things that will happen in the future, right? Lord, tomorrow I have the interview I pray for that interview. Lord, tomorrow I need to go to this place. Lord, tomorrow I will do this. We pray for the future, right? Upcoming challenges, important events. And it's fascinating to realize that Jesus did the same for all of us. That Jesus faced the difficult path that led to the cross. He was thinking of you and me, and lifting us in prayer. And this is what he was praying at the first part of verse 24. If you read it with me, you will see what he was praying there. Verse 24, the first part says, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with 
me where I am. Oh, you see, it's not only in him, but is with him. This particular part of Jesus' prayer, he expressed his desire for us to be with him during the glorious time to come in the future. Here Jesus is not praying that we may be in him as he is in the Father, that, but that we may be with him. Now his prayer gives us a glimpse into what's ahead. He was praying for us to share in his presence in the future kingdom. It's like when you accomplish something significant, like a graduation, and you want your loved ones to be there to celebrate with you. That's what Jesus was saying. He didn't even, when, at this point, he was not at a, in the cross. He was praying before that, but he knew that he was going to have a big celebration. So our Lord desires to have us with him when he is crowned with victory in heaven. What, I, what an incredible day that will be. His prayer will be answered. Can you imagine? His prayer will be answered. Means that you are going to be there. We are going to be there joining in the great choir singing, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king that conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy. Can you imagine that? From different tribes, from different languages, from different nations, singing worthy, worthy, glory, glory to him. What we will see there when we, were, when we will be with him in this future event. Notice the second part of verse 24. To see, the second part of this prayer is to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. To see my glory. Jesus prayed for us with the firm conviction, conviction that we will see his full glory and splendor one day. During his time on earth, Jesus lived a humble life, born in a stable, fleeing danger to Egypt, growing up in a small town, working as a carpenter and living unnoticed until he began his ministry. He faced trials, temptation, and constant opposition. He was falsely accused, brutally beaten, and crucified naked in front of a hostile crowd. However, 
a day is coming when we will witness something incredible. Jesus will bring us to see his new kingdom. We will be there to see his glory and he will share his glory with all of us. I want to be there. I want to be there. We will share in his glory. Jesus desires each and every one of us to be a part of this victory. Just imagine the breathtaking beauty of that day. Not far in the future, my dear brothers and sisters, take, take courage, take hope. We will see that day, we'll see Jesus' crown, and we will, but we will be part of that celebration. That's what Jesus was praying for us. We pray for our unity in him. Jesus, pray for our future unity with him. And now, let's focus on the third dimension of Jesus' prayer, a dimension that reveals the essence of God's love. He was praying to reveal God's love. And as, as we read it, Jesus' closing, closing words in John Verses 25 and 26, we gain in insight into a profound truth. Jesus knows God intimately, and his mission, mission is to unveil God the Father to us. This love forms the very foundation of our unity. Read with me verses 25 and 26. They are in chapter 17. The last two verses says, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I may known to them your name. And I will continue to make it known that the love with which you had loved me may be in them and I in them. The love God has for his son is the same love he has for us. Do you believe this? When we place our faith in Christ, it's as if the very love God has for his son is transferred to us. Being a disciple of Christ means being loved by the Father with the same love he has for his son. And that, my dear friends, it cannot be described with words. Nor in Spanish, 
nor in English, nor in any other language. But that's a profound truth. Love by the Father with the same love he has for his son. That's how loved you are. Now, you might wonder how this connects with our theme of unity in this passage. It's crucial link, let me tell you. For this love shapes our unity and propels us towards our future unity with Christ. They know and they love me because you sent me and because they love me, they love you, Father, and then you love them as well. That is the foundation of our unity. For God so loved the world, he sent his only son. Ephesians chapter 3, if you open your Bibles there, Verses 14 to 19 beautifully capture this truth. Here we will see another prayer. Ephesians 3, verse 14 to 19. Let's read it carefully. For this reason, says the Apostle Paul, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have a strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So you see, it cannot be described with words. But this prayer, these verses repeat what Jesus prayed for in John 17. Understanding the vastness of God's love for us, a love that goes beyond human understanding, transform us. Understanding how much God loves us, that he saw, he sent his only beloved son, transform us. It's this very love that binds us together in unity and propels us toward our future hope in Jesus Christ. What a beautiful prayer, eh? Let's pray.
dear Lord, as we conclude our time together, I thank you for the powerful truth we found in this prayer. May we carry the essence of this prayer in our hearts as we go forth to live out our faith, as we go forth to live out our unity in you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.